Welcome to the Bible Talk Podcast. I'm J.T. Carlson. And I'm Jeremiah Cox. We encourage you to search the scriptures with us as we consider God's will for us. Bible Talk Podcast with Jeremiah Cox and myself, J.T. Carlson, where we look to study through God's Word. Today, we continue with our study in the book of Acts, and we are now entering into Acts chapter 3. So we come off of Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, where we have the first gospel sermon that is preached. And now we're going to see um, another account of a gospel sermon being preached. But first, a miracle is worked. And so we'll go ahead and get in. And with this episode, what we're going to try to do is get through the first part of Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I'll go ahead and start off reading the account that we have here from the New King James Version. It reads, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the ninth hour, or uh, sorry, at the ninth hour of prayer, or at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain layman from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew it was he who sat at, or who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Now as a lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's greatly amazed. So as I said, we have this account of a miracle that is done and that is worked. But one of the first things that we notice as we get into it is in verse one, where Peter and John were going. Peter and John were going where spiritually minded people would be, right? right. At this time of day, in this hour. Um, and, and what we have recorded for us is the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Uh, some things that I looked at, and, and you can correct me if, if, if you think I'm wrong or if you know something different, Jeremiah, is it's in about 3 p.m. in the yeah. afternoon or in the evening, yeah. right? Later, a little bit later in the day, but certainly in an hour. And I think this is important to note as we get going. Certainly an hour of the day where people would be awake and aware of what is going on. Right. So um, we see that, but what I really want to point out is the fact that these two, Peter and John, they're going to where spiritually minded people would be. And that's no doubt where uh, a lot of starting of the teaching of the gospel and, and teaching uh, is going to be done. They're going there and uh, eventually what's going to happen is a, a gospel sermon is going to be preached to them. Right. And you, you see, this is really a Jewish tradition. These three points of the day where they would prayer this hour uh, pray hour of prayer and it indicates to us that there were parts of Jewish tradition that these people kept on doing although they were mm -hmm. added to the body of Christ and those are liberties um, for Christians to continue in but they certainly weren't requirements and it was a tradition anyway but to your point why not continue to do what you were doing before? You were already as a Jew praying at these times of the day and this would afford them a great opportunity and that's 
that's their mission is to be fishers of men now. And you're going to go like you're a fisherman, uh, JT, you know about fishing and all you go to the spot where the fish are. You, you, you have a, an intelligence about those things and you use that to, to further your, your opportunities and your chances of catching fish. And, and why wouldn't they go to the temple and continue to pray? There's going to be people there that would probably be receptive to the message. And so I think that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. So whenever they, they're on their way and they're walking up, they uh, come across this man who has been laid at this gate called Beautiful. And it was something that was done daily for him. He was a lame man. We read that he was a lame man from birth. And we know from whenever we get into Acts chapter four, the age of this man, that he's 40 years old. Yeah. So he's not an individual that, that's young or that's only been lame for a year or two or anything. This is a man that's been lame for a long time. And that's we, we you need to note that whenever we get to the aspect of this working of a miracle. But um, he's laying there at the gate. Um, he's asking for alms. He, he, he's asking for assistance, for help. He's one who can't work on his own. And so he's looking for uh, some form of assistance uh, in order to, to live. And people take him and lay him at this gate daily. And whenever those walk into the temple, he's asking them for alms. And he does no different with Peter and John as they come up. Right. right? And you note that it, it says he, he was laid daily at this gate. And to your point earlier about his age that is noted in chapter four and verse 22, right before that, these Jewish rulers who are against Peter and John, this being really the, the first miracle um, after Pentecost that's recorded, especially because of of what it would lead to throughout chapter five and the problems, they said it was a notable miracle. And it's right. notable because everyone every day saw this man there. This was not in the dark. This was not a mystery man. They knew exactly who it was and what his problems were. And he was begging alms every day for everyone from everyone who was walking in. So when this miracle occurs, this is just so public. And as you noted, that's what we'll see miracles are all about. Um, and it's very important um, that that people would be able to see this and know who this was. Yeah, exactly. And so whenever Peter and John come up and, and, and they see this man and he he looks to them and he's going to, you know, be asking for alms, be uh, doing the same type of thing that he would anybody else that walked up. Uh, they look at him and, uh, you know, Peter says, you know, look at me. And so he looks up at him and it's interesting. The scripture says that, you know, he, he was expecting something. But what we note is he wasn't expecting a miracle to be done. He was right. expecting some sort of benevolent help, some sort of almsgiving. But Peter's response to that is uh, is something that I think we need to note. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. Now, he's eventually going to say in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. But understanding what this man would be looking for daily are provisions, right, mm -hmm. to be able to live. And financial provisions, certainly, and, and all those types of things. But whenever we notice Peter's response, and we notice how Peter and John respond to this, we need to take into consideration that what God provides is well beyond what any amount of gold or silver or money can ever provide. Right. And that's what they're going to give him. Yeah. And it's, you know, people have questioned, what does he mean? I don't have silver and gold because at the end of chapter two, we noted what are the, 
things that the Christians continued to do is sell what they had and they distributed among anyone as they had need. At the end of chapter four, we see that and it's laid at the apostles' feet. So it could have been that he didn't have anything at all, but it also could have been that he had the money sack right there on his person right. from the contribution of the saints. We know that that is for the saints. We don't see an indication that this lame man is a Christian to this point. Um, and so maybe he didn't have authority, but to your point, even if he had it, I think that the emphasis would have been on something far greater, not silver and gold that's corruptible. This won't fix your problem physically, but it also won't fix anything spiritually. And I think that's going to be the focus of all of this and the miracle performed anyway. That's exactly right. And one of the things that we need to point out is is you see, especially among denominations today and, and in a lot of places, that idea of uh, the social gospel and health and wealth and all those types of things, what uh, Peter is pointing out to him and what he's uh, giving him is something that, that that's greater than temporal life here on this earth. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, you can obviously apply that to spiritually. He's off, obviously a miracle is going to be worked and he is going to receive his uh, the, the ability to walk again. But understand, we will get to this, the point of that miracle being worked is to yeah. be able to uh, provide that message that Peter ultimately gives here later on in Acts chapter 3. Right. In Romans 14, 17, it says, The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You could throw into that just the money that provides for the eating and drinking. That's not what this is about. It's about being right with God. It's about the joy that that affords in your peaceful relationship with the Lord. And this man, after being healed, he's going to be rejoicing. And he's going to be rejoicing on the fact that he, for his 40 years of life, couldn't walk. And now he can walk. But I think more so what that indicates and what Peter goes on to preach. Um, it says in verse 9, he's praising God. And so mm -hmm. there's a connection that's made there. There's there's a lot more to miracles than just the physical problem that it it solves. And I think we're especially seeing that in this chapter. No doubt. And so after after Peter um, says that to him, silver and gold I do not have, as we said, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so a notable miracle is done because then uh, Peter reaches down, helps the man up, and immediately we see a few things happening. What I want us to, uh, to point out, we've kind of been hitting on it throughout this episode, but an obvious miracle was done. There was no denying that a miracle was done. This wasn't some sort of source of sorcery. This wasn't some sort of somebody playing a trick on anybody or deception like we see with modern day magicians or anything like that. This was an obvious miracle. And there are a few reasons why we see that. One, we see from verse seven that this was immediate right? Yeah. He immediately, his feet, ankle, and bones received strength. Whenever you see modern day, you know, those who call themselves faith healers or anything like that, you don't have the immediate uh, reaction like you see here. And keep in mind, this was a man who was lame from birth. I mean, the, the, the fact that he was lame from birth that for any length of time from that point would mean that his lower leg, that his leg muscles would have right. no working. But uh, certainly for the length of time that he would have been lame, for them to immediately gain strength, that is not anything that would be done in any kind of natural sense. That is right. a supernatural deal that it would be, uh, you know, nobody could deny that a miracle took place because it didn't take time for him to 
gain the strength they needed to not just walk, but hop up and jump around and leap around and walk in with them. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a visible component to this, not just that he's leaping and walking around, but receiving strength doesn't mean his legs look the same. Right. I mean, a person who never has walked in their life doesn't have the functionality of their legs. It's going to be skin and bones, basically. I think we've all seen a paraplegic and their legs as they sit in a wheelchair and the the legs don't have muscle. They're, they're really useless because they haven't been used. And so when it says he re- received his strength, he... His legs don't look the same anymore. There is a visual component to miracles and seeing what he was doing after he was healed. But even in the change of the body, it's instantaneous and beyond science and reason. It's a work of God. And and if there's miracles today, they're going to look exactly like that. And the fact is, as you said, we don't see that today at all. No, that's exactly right. And one of the things that I do kind of, well, well, we'll get to this more here in a minute where I talk about that it was evident to all. But the second thing we noticed, we noticed it was immediate. We also noticed that it was complete. This wasn't mm-hmm. something that was partially done, yeah. uh, meaning where he could hobble in. Right? We kind of hit on that with the fact that it was immediate, but it wasn't that it was partially healed and could just hobble in to the temple with them. It was a complete transformation from where he was a complete healing that was done immediately which again goes to the point of this cannot be explained by any matter of you know you you gave him something or or you're deceiving us in some way it was pretty evident what was done here and then you get into the fact that this was evident to all Okay, and so an obvious miracle is done whenever it's not just, you know, hey, you know, two or three people kind of saw it or said that they, uh, you know, that this happened. This was a man who all those who were there at the temple would recognize and know. Right. No, he's the one that's uh, been at the, the, the gate beautiful every single day. And now all of a sudden he's like this and everybody could see that it happened. Again, it was done during a time whenever it was not early morning where there might not be people up or those types. I mean, this is the point in the time of the day where you would have a lot of people there. So there was a lot of people that saw it. It was evident to all. This man was laid laid daily by the entrance of the game. So all recognized him. He was 40 years old and he'd been being laid there for a long period of time. All of them knew that he was lame from birth. And this was done as people entered uh, an evening prayer. So many had already passed by him that were in there and saw him just that day laying there. So it wasn't like they're like, oh, we haven't seen you. And all of a sudden we see, no, they passed by him as they were walking in as well. And so this was a miracle that was evident to all. And then lastly, and then I'll let you comment, Jeremiah, on anything Mm -hmm. that you want to with it. What what we recognize is that the faith was not required on the one receiving the miracle. And I think that this is important, especially whenever you talk about modern day faith healers or those who right. might believe in miracles. The belief sometimes comes up is, well, you're not healed of whatever it is they're trying to heal you of that in front of me because you don't have faith. You as the one who needs healed. The indication we get from scripture is that this individual was not expecting this to happen. He he didn't have any idea and and have faith that he was going to be healed. He was just expecting alms to right. be given to, to him. And so with that, we recognize that the faith, it wasn't required for him to have faith in order to be healed. Well, what was required was the faith of the performer on right. that 
Okay, and we also recognize from Matthew seventeen fourteen through twenty one, as well as other scriptures, that 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 is something that Jesus talked about with his apostles. The reason why you can't do it is because you uh, didn't have the faith to get it done. Now, I do want to throw this in there. I'm not indicating that faith uh, or that uh, miracles still work today in that sense. And if it isn't performed, then that means that the one performing the miracle doesn't have faith because we know that miracles have a purpose. Miracles have a reason. We've talked about it from time to time on this podcast. And we'll talk about it again when we get into Acts 3. Its whole purpose was to prove the message that is getting ready to be told right. or that is being said. So I'm not indicating at all that miracles are still working. My point being that uh, it's not because this individual didn't uh, have faith. Uh, he he didn't. He didn't know that it was going to happen, yet the miracle was still worked as a result it, because it had a purpose behind it. Right. Um, and that's what he, he means in verse 16 when he says that through faith in his name, this man is made mm-hmm. strong. Not not the faith that this man had in Jesus, but the faith that we apostles as witnesses of the resurrected Lord had. And um, to your point from, from the reference of Matthew uh, 17, when they were unable to cast out the, the, demon. the demon because of their lack of belief, now that that lack of belief, it's completely gone because of the resurrection. I mean, as as we've indicated in the first and second chapters, the resurrection of the Lord and them witnessing that set them up to do the things that they needed to do as apostles. And it, it certainly led to the miracle being accomplished by the Lord, but them being the instruments of that performance because of their faith in the Lord. And in verse 10, it kind of notes one of the purposes that you're talking about miracles has. It caused wonder and amazement in the people who saw it. Um, In Hebrews 2 and verse 4, it says that God's confirming the message with signs, wonders, and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And all of those descriptions are talking about the same thing with the different facet of the purpose of the miracle. It signifies something. And wonder is the effect it has on the people, which is why they're going to be gathered um, in in regard to this. The the focus is the message of the gospel being preached. What will bring people to hearing that message is the signifying of these men and their connection with one who has creative power, the power of God, and that is Jesus. And, And so all of this has a purpose. It's not just some random act. And as Peter indicated, silver and gold I don't have. His focus is not on the physical state of that man. Even when he healed him physically, the focus is on the spiritual matters at hand. That's far more important. No, you're you're exactly right. And that's what we see them doing. One of the things you got to keep in mind is um, whenever miracles were worked, it provided that evidence that was uh, there that was needed in this day and time whenever you don't have the full uh, uh, Bible canon put together right to where we have uh, all that we need and so you you have these evidences through these miracles that are done and that are given that it caused wonder amazement one of the things that you had mentioned is the fact that it was done in front of um, a bunch of people, right? This the, the, this one something that was in it was done in front of a bunch of people, which caused that further wonder. It's going to cause that amazement, and they're going to be asking. In fact, that's what they do. They come to Peter, they come to John, and then that's what's going to allow and give Peter that opportunity to present a message uh, from God to preach a sermon. 
And so that that's kind of where this episode we want to take a break because there's a lot that we get into whenever we look uh, at the rest of this chapter with Peter's sermon. But definitely a notable miracle, a true miracle has been done in it was evident to all. Everybody recognized it, Everybody saw it. And that's why there's so much attention given to Peter in the words and the message that he's getting ready to give here in the latter half of Acts chapter 3. Yeah, that's all we have for this time. Thank you guys for listening and uh, look forward uh, to our next study.